Oh yeah, folks. Ladies and gentlemen. We back. Where you got it at? Spill it just a real nigga who can rap Only deliver facts about my life But it's tight cause my life is all that Famous enough to get in there for free But not so famous that people keep bothering me Why chopping the tree? Smoking one, it's a selfie A motherfucking personal son It's enough gas in the world for all of you So I ain't about to pass my fucking joints over to you We can get high through these iTunes, baby, I got hella player grooves in the Chevy as we cruise. I can't wait until New Orleans make the news. Completely legalized recreational, that's like a dream come true. At the marina, getting stoned to some Nina Simone. Sure, they never heard them vibes until I put her on. Boy, that mix, that mix, that mix. I had to do y'all like that, man. 
We are back in another beautiful episode of Audio Dope. <sighs> I have my brother beside me right now, man. I don't know if y'all know. So to those who are uninitiated, this man has millions of streams. I'm going to just hop right into it. <laughs> I ain't even dipping my toe in to check the temperature. I know what it is. Now it's time that you do as well. Millions of streams on Spotify and all of your DSPs. My brother, since the very beginning, Joseph Nevels. Let's go. Let's get it. How you feeling, brother? Good, man. Good. Beautiful day. Uh, you know how we do. Now, you notice what I did. What was it? How you hear a sample. You know how you can hear a sample and you're like, what is the original? Oh, yeah. That original, the first song, I was like, I couldn't really tell because it felt so, it just felt so authentic. I didn't know if it was like an old school song that I just hadn't heard yet or it was that was just how they how they did it but it felt like it still felt honest you know what i mean like it felt genuine so so you're referring to the count by wiz harry fry produced it no nah, the verse the first song by durando yeah that first one yeah. yes so that was an original work okay nah. that was an original work by the one and only durando himself that yeah. he made but he's been doing this for longer than we've been alive. Oh, okay. So it that still has that sense. feel, right? So he ain't about to switch up and sound like Miguel all of a sudden. So it was that was uh, something I was recently released? Yeah, so Dead and I was something recent for him. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Even though it's still the same vibes that he's had since the 60s and the 70s. Gotcha. But the song that I heard first was The Count. Mm-hmm. Harry Fraud, shout out to La Musica de Harry Fraud, he produced it. And I had to hear the source material. Yeah, that's what you got to do, man. Like I got to hear the source, yo. Yeah, you get to the source, you know what I mean? And then just cut out everything in between, and then you go from there, you know? Man, like, the funny thing is that I didn't hear the original source until my girl sent it to me. Mm. I was blown away. Because she be thinking that she be having my back, you know, like against the ropes when she be sending me music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, okay, can't front listenership. I ain't going to lie. She kind of had me on the ropes with that Durando. Yeah, I was going to ask how you found that. <laughs> Dog. Because she sent it the other day and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, right away when I was like. I knew what it was right away. Right, right. I was like, this is where the count came from. Mm. And like as a person who loves music and you tell me how you feel about it. That's one of the greatest discoveries is when they're like, wait, I heard this somewhere before. Right, right. Then you start this adventure of seeking it down, like tracking it down. Because it's like reverse engineering. And then you start to see like, okay, these are the building blocks, you, you know what I mean, that created this mansion or created this, this, this beautiful piece, you know, that you see all of a sudden. And then it's like, what went into this? Like who did? And some of the best producers I know. You know, shout out to Emery. Um, shout out. That's how he got so, so dope is mm. his mom would, would leave him at the library and give him different CDs. And then he'd be like, oh, OK, like Miles Davis created this, like who produces, who's on the back, you know, and then just keep digging and see who was at the source, you know. And I think that's like an important thing, man, with anything you're doing is like, you know, with artists that I that I uh, look up to or that I admire their work. I try to, I'll hear different things. And then once you start discovering the sources, you realize like, oh, okay, that's uh, that's Sam Cooke. 
you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, or that's um, uh, whoever it may be. Roberta Flack, like yeah. you were talking about the other day. Right. Let's Yeah, let's talk about that story. But like, you know, I think one unfortunate thing that happens sometimes is in with everything being so fast and instant and people want instant gratification with, you know, the way the internet is and whatnot, there's so much information and so much, sometimes it's almost too much information. And sometimes people don't take the time to really uh, appreciate where certain things came from, you know what I mean? Or even know, you know, it's like uh, my friend, Jason works at um, USC and he's uh works for KCRW he teaches different, you know, like music business classes, whatnot. And there's different kids who say they want to be artists and say, you know, I want to be an R&B artist. And he'll ask them like, okay, tell me a, uh, your favorite Marvin Gaye song. And they're like, oh, uh, who? Like, you know, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's crazy to me because I don't know. It's like, even just from a, a homage perspective, you know, uh, I just heard a, I was listening to Anderson Pack on the way here mm-hmm. and he had a song saying like he talking about how he studied the greats and that's how he wants to go down you know if you just want to do something quick and you know try to make a quick um, get some quick views or quick streams or whatever that's one thing but I think this, the things that actually last um, mm-hmm. take time and they take intentionality you know so yeah that's that's kind of how I try to how I try to treat my art and really anything we do you know we both played football so it's like i'm sure you watched film of different you know whoever it was back in the day stuff that your dad would show you or you know whether it was walter payton or barry whoever the greats were you know and then over time it's like okay how can i kind of combine that with my own skills and then you're almost imitating it in a sense but also having knowledge of it and paying homage and respect to the ones that came before you. Uh, Isn't that one of the bridges, if nothing else, wouldn't that be the bridge that ties us all together through the times and the eras? Absolutely. Isn't that the only thing that keeps us glued together in this whole thing called creation? Right, right. If, If everything is a circle and everything comes back around, then there has to be connectivity, right? Absolutely. And it's like, Back to the the artist uh, standpoint, it's like Sam Cooke, for instance, um, so many different people in R&B like took from him or learned from him and you hear it through different eras. Right. So then without him, there was no uh, Michael Jackson. Without any Michael Jackson, there was no anybody you name today. <laughs> you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like it can be. uh even down to just like a riff that they're doing or a certain style. Um, so I think it's good to really, to study them and to, you know, understand like, okay, what was, what did they do? That was great. You know? And I think you can really, if you really, really listen, you can find certain things that stand out about any artist, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, sometimes it's good to like isolate whatever your weaknesses are. And then work on those to become your strengths, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, I was listening to, uh, am I good enough in the... Oh, you sound know? amazing okay. in the mics. <laughs> and so, I was listening to um, Casey and JoJo. <laughs> what song? All My Life? Oh, uh, man, all of them. All uh, of them. Right. And so, I was like, man... Jodeci and the whole nine? Yeah, I was okay. like, man, they really convey uh, emotion, but, you know, they might be screaming like to where they're 
neck muscles are popping out and their juggler van. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, dang, they really, really like believe and feel what they're singing. You know, and I, that's something I took from that to where I was like, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to sing a lyric uh, that I don't completely believe, you know, that I don't completely, that's not real to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever want to. Uh, and I also heard Whitney Houston say that. And so when I'm in the studio and I'm singing something, I'm like, do I really fully feel and believe this? You know, and when you have that conviction and that uh, authenticity, then it's like it's going to be conveyed whether the audience knows it or not. You know what I mean? You can't because it's a feel. Yeah, exactly. And you can't fake that. Exactly. So it's funny, man, because I feel like in music and you speak to this. You're like, I've spoken enough, bro. I just went for like five minutes in a row. So, <laughs> like, um, inspiration. Okay. You have to be inspired to want to do something beyond yourself. Like, you know what? All right. Outside of myself and my artistry, I need to find a way to improve upon something. There has to be an upon by which to improve on, right? Right. But if there's no damn connection to your past or, mm-hmm. or history or icons and idols and people that trailblazed and created a trail for you mm-hmm. kind of till the lands in the garden so that you do have fertile soil upon which to grow your craft and your art. Yeah. Then there is no growth. There's a recitation and you hear a lot of that today. You hear a lot of uninspired work is because, well, this is a factory mm. and this is where the batteries plug into the machine. Right. To power this entire thing because it's something different than music. It's music industry that isn't the same. Absolutely. Right. Because I I thought about, so you reminded me, um, this is kind of adjacent, Mm -hmm. definitely adjacent. So Mike Tyson, for instance, Mm -hmm. great example, because he's such an educated individual, despite how he's been perceived over his career and over his life so far. Right. And he's made this beautiful, miraculous uh, resurgence, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. as the sage that he is known as, you know, to the world today. But he was such an advocate of research and education. Right. He used to study. He didn't study his contemporaries. Right. He wasn't worried about those dudes. He was studying Jack Dempsey. Right. He was studying all of the greats from way back, way before him. Their boxing style peekaboo came from something far beyond. He didn't come up with that. Mm-hmm. The Jamato step that came from his uh, coach, right? You know, at the time, the Jamato step was something only Mike did, and that was something that his coach had given to him. Well, clearly informed by the past, right? Yeah, and creating that bridge so that he has something upon which to improve on. Upon mm, you need yeah. the upon, absolutely. If not, there is no inspiration, and so there's nothing behind. Like there's no spirit behind yeah. the nature of your work. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Um, when it comes to the crate digging aspect, though, it's mm. something so rewarding, right? Because it's kind of like you're uncovering different unexplored parts of your world map Mm -hmm. because we all start from a certain spot or a location and it's pretty dark around that you might see what's in your immediate environment but you don't know how that came to be true and only through the music like because the music it kind of provides a context right to the times in which that music was made and that's the cool thing is like there were so many things that growing up i just thought were just normal you know what i mean like i thought like 
Oh, everybody's listening to Lauren Hill and Boys to Men, and everybody hears these choirs on Sunday. And, and so, but as I grew older, I'm like, man, these are like gems, and this is like a rare thing that not everybody gets to experience. And but then I started seeing like all of these different artists who had, you know, like me, their dads were pastors, or you know, they had some type of background, uh, and like the South and the church. And it's like, there's like such a rawness to that. And there's so many, so much that stemmed from that, you know what I mean? And it's like, whether it's soul, R&B, and then the connectivity between all of these different genres, bluegrass, you know, country, Mm -hmm. jazz, all of this is, it's all connected, you know what I mean? And so it's like, even with, with bluegrass, I was watching this documentary and a lot of the, uh, what they would do is, um, there were different like slave quarters and obviously the banjo being uh, basically drum and guitar, you know, all in one, all in one, Uh, the percussion element of it was from Africa. And so there were uh, a lot of slaves that knew how to play the banjo. And then, so, um, you know, in the South, obviously there were different people wherever in Kentucky or you name it, they would go to like the slave quarters to the houses. That's when they started first started picking up like, Oh dang, like, let me see how they did this, you know? And so that became eventually bluegrass, you know? And so it's very, very similar. Nobody would like think about it like this, but it's really similar to soul and R and B, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. whereas it might be more like a twain when you're singing, we would call it a run, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's mm. the same thing. It's just, you know, it's just, uh, that little, well, like that yodely, yeah, the yodely, the yodely aspect, the, the yodely to that too. Yes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, like when you mentioned bridges, that's what I thought about. It's it's all connected in some type of way, you know. Whether this started first and then this branched from this, you know, and then the next thing branched. It's like none of it's necessarily. I wouldn't say original mm-hmm. uh, for sure. It's building upon something else. Yeah, I think that that's like. Even to zoom out even more to look at it for what it really truly is, even as like a form of ancestor veneration, you know, that's something that's definitely prevalent in, uh, you know, like the uh, diaspora as a whole. And, and I think just in the human condition in general, they find ways to use to find ways to honor the ancestors. That's mm-hmm. kind of we're kind of bereft of that today. But when you're crate digging and doing stuff like that, you are paying homage when you're like. I heard this before. Where? Yeah. That starts the process of of uh, kind of like bestowing the people before with the honor that they actually deserve. And that connects us in the same way that you show reverence and respect to your elders. Exactly. The griots of the village, your parents, that's their a, parents. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's the whole, that's for me, a big part of uh, just how we live in general, like where we come from, like respecting elders is a, is a big thing. And unfortunately, you know, in certain, uh, cultures or in this day and age, like elderly people are written off, you know what I mean? They're oh, people see them as in like, the fucking way. Yeah. Just in the way, like it's just let me get them to a, a rest home or something. But like, mm-hmm. you know, where we're from, it's not, that's, there are people who operate like that, but for the most part, it's like these people are to be, uh, uh, respected and honored because a think about the wisdom they have all mm-hmm. that they have endured and what they can teach and what we can just listening to them and, and just the grace that they have you know what i mean and so it's like uh 
paying paying them their proper um, reverence um, and with abide that's a big part of what that was honestly it's like okay abide um, there's multiple meanings but you've heard the word abode before humble abode right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of this with abide it's like giving more uh, insight into who I am where I came from you know what I mean there's a, a line that talks about my parents going to segregated schools, you know, uh, I come from a place of separation and my parents really lived through segregation, you know, bars. There was a lot of schools around, but they had one and it was all eight grades in one classroom. Like, and that's a true story. You know what I mean? I'm not just like, and I've realized like, this isn't a super common thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's How not many people out here in LA can really say like, yeah, my parents went to a one room segregated school in the South. You know what I mean? And, and to think that those like qualities, stuff that they overcame and all that they had to do to uh, provide for us and sacrifice for us, like Mm -hmm. those elements have to (laughs) rub off on us in some type of way. It has to because we're humans, right? We have to absorb that in some kind of way. Then it manifests itself as we move about the world as adults in interesting new ways exactly and like people will say later on in that verse i said um um people ask my brothers about their complexion so for those of you that don't know i'm i'm the only brown one in my family (laughs) this is a fact (laughs) we all know how joseph evans so my brothers are very fair-skinned light-complected you know one of them had blue eyes blonde hair when he was a baby and so uh there's a line that says they asked my brothers where they got their complexion my grandma Effie was the daughter of a slave's son. So basically I'm saying, you know, obviously there were slave owners who were sleeping with the women who worked for them at mm-hmm. that time. So uh, J. Cole had a line where he said the type of thing that makes me wonder uh, why my granny was light skinned. So, you know what I mean? It's kind of the same type of message, you know? So anyway, I'm paying homage to all of this that came before because without that, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be, who I am. So, you know, let me ask you this is music. One, we're drawn in music in such a way that's kind of primal and liminal, right? Because it's just a collection of sounds arranged in such a way that makes us feel a certain way. And we got to congregate and worship the organization of these sounds. And we call it music. Then we created an industry behind it, which kind of bastardized that. But uh-huh. that being said, isn't music continually the reminder that helps us um, categorize our times? It kind of helps us make sense of it. It's kind of an example of the signs of the times. Similarly to how if you listen to a lot of music today, now there's a lot of beautiful music today, but you have to have an ear for sound. Yeah. You have to have a passion for music to find that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And we do. And so we have a beautiful musical universe that we get to live in. Yeah. But when you hear what that music is up against and what those artists are up against, they're up against people. Well, people who have been converted into musical instruments. Mm. And that is the only purpose that they serve as batteries plugged into the machine. Right. And that they like this young lady might be able to sing very well. Right. But you can tell that everything she's saying, you don't believe a word she's saying because <laughs> she don't believe a word she's saying because she's been compelled to do it, you commissioned know, to do it for various reasons beyond her her understanding even. Right. You know, that's that's an interesting point, because 
there's a difference between music, right? Mm-hmm. The music, the art, which to me is the most fulfilling part, which is why I say, you know, I would do this if I was in a village by myself in Costa Rica, you mm-hmm. know, I would, I would still find a way to create, you know? And so there's music and then there's the music business and then there's the music industry. They're all three different things, you know? And so the issue is when this thing starts to happen, like you said, uh, the people who are within the music business and, and the music industry don't really sometimes necessarily care about the music itself or the music, the people who are creating the music. They're looking at it from the capitalistic mindset of how can I profit from this? The results. Yeah, exactly. So then that's why you see like, oh, you know, get on tour, get this tattoo on your face, uh, do this, do this, like start your OnlyFans, how many TikToks, do you, you know what I mean? And so the uh, at the expense of the art itself, because like I said, they're thinking about how to capitalize, how to profit off of it. A lot of times people, you know what I mean, in these positions sometimes don't even know anything about music, you know, mm-hmm. or care. <laughs> it's like, and so that's the unfortunate thing. And being able to navigate uh, the music, music business and the music industry and understanding that they're three separate uh, entities. So It's kind of wild, right? When you think about it, like how they, they actually, it seems like predatory in how they prey on the times. Oh yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yo, shit's messed up out there. This is what they're into. I know this. So let's feed them more of the shitty diet that they're consuming. Right. And that begets more reasons to create more of the shitty ingredients to the terrible diet that people have to consume some more of. It doesn't fix anything. It kind of hastens the like the degradation. Yeah. It hastens the addiction. It means less and less the more of it that's made. Yeah. And it's the same thing if you go to, like you said, food industry, go to the grocery store. How much actual food is there? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. You got to work hard. You do and have to know so what you're doing. It's like, why? Why I have to get through all of this to find actual food? Why got to work so hard to, uh, to weed through the fake shit? Like, right. Why? Why is it so and hard? Even, even down to, a, to uh, the point of, okay, this is placed here in this specific spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To where like a little kid can look up and see it in a cart. And say, mommy, I want, I want these uh, tricks, bro. Uh, I want these frosted the box tricks. be red by design, red color, yellows blue. by design. I'm like, dog, they're trying to <laughs> aggressively, you know, and then you also, they pay for those. It's so parallels all of this, man. Like they pay for the slots, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, if this off brand one wants to have this slot, they're going to have to compete with uh, Kellogg's or yeah. whoever. And so you know, and then if it does get too much traction, they're going to try to buy this company and then, you know what I mean? Have them next to them now, just like people buying, paying for labels, paying for Spotify, uh, playlists, radio, of course that's paid for. And it's like when somebody independently has too much going on, 
or is even talking too much about what's really going on, then it becomes an issue. You know what I mean? It actually becomes dangerous. You know, my favorite artists, people who I've, you know, interviewed with before or talked to know was Sam Cooke. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was such a wise business person at that time, you know, where, you know, we were still fighting for civil rights and he's linking up with Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, you name it, trying to make real change. And he set up uh, his own record label and was signing different black artists at a time when that was unheard of, you know, and then all of a sudden the mob was really heavy, heavily involved in the music industry, industry Mm -hmm. business at that time. And so, yeah, he ended up being killed supposedly in, in the, in the most random weird way, you know? Yeah. I mean, they got Bob Lee as well. Yeah. The cash app dude, rest in peace to, uh, to the two of them for obvious reasons. Right. It's like when you fly in the face of a greater powers, Profit margins. When you mm-hmm. fly in the face of whatever their pursuit of the time is, they're going to get you or whatever it is out of the way. Right. And they have the resources to do it. Unfortunately, as well, it doesn't take a lot of resources to get it done either because people broke as shit out here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like somebody do something for $110. Right. It's crazy. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I was at a label event around Grammy time. No, I'm sure that was a good time. It was cool. But I was just peeping, you know, like Anderson Pack was DJing, so he you know what I mean, he keeps it like everything lighthearted and fun at least. And That's so, the guy, shout out to Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I I'm at this label, I'm not gonna say which one it was, but I'm just looking around, man, just reading the room. And it was just like so much just weird stuff going on, man. And was it so, this was it depressing how easy it was to read, by the way? <laughs> because there was there was some basic shit. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Like it took me a minute because I couldn't understand like the context, you oh. know. And then so I mm-hmm. went home and I started doing some more research, and I'm like, okay, that's what that was. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You got you got these mob dudes over here, and then in this corner you got PNG like squares, you know. I, beforehand I was at the studio and um, it kind of smelled like like weed in there a little bit so I was like I'm not going to wear this jacket in here because I don't want to go to this event you know smelling like smoke and so afterwards I go to the to the to the label event and it smelled more like weed than <laughs> the studio did and so I'm like man but you know you had like the gatekeepers and then you had like different artists walking around you know some old school, Missy Elliott, a bunch of different people. Uh, and then it was just strange though, man, because it's the dynamic was like, what's going on? And then I started doing research and I realized, okay. And I think I probably told you this. So if you, if you, <laughs> the owner of, of this particular label, well, the person who owns the, the majority of it, his net worth, guess what it is? Man. All right. Let's see, listenership. I'm going to say he owns the label, right? Right, right. Oh, all right. Major label? Major label. All right. His net worth. It's got to be $7 billion. Well, not close, but that's that's closer than most people would have guessed. Like, 
$36 billion, $36 billion is his net worth. $36 billion. I'm stuck. And so think about, okay, take like a, a Drake, for instance. Mm-hmm. He might, I mean, obviously he had a huge contract recently. Say it's three, $400 million. Think about how much more, A, how much more a billion is <laughs> than that. But $36 billion compared to three, four hundred million. That's thirty-five billion six hundred million more than probably one of the highest paid artists. Yeah, I did this infographic. I'm gonna send it to you. Um and uh if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes for the rest of the listeners to be able to enjoy how much more a billion is right than a million. My gosh, I spent half of the day scrolling on my phone. Right. Because to show it. the way that they set up the info Graphic, they compared, uh, all right, it's this many jet airplanes end to end. It's this many school buses. Is skyscrapers this tall, too tall for the planet to hold. Yeah. It was so many, like, built, like a billion dollars could wrap around the earth like 10,000 times, something it's crazy. crazy. Right. If you lay the dollars down. And, and so with that type of, um, discrepancy, uh, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. um, we'll just imagine, imagine like, <laughs> with a newer artist who's just signing, you know, and you have people influencing them or gatekeeping or, you know, what they may be willing to do or pushing them to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so this, this imbalance and it's like, if that's what you value, you know, and that's the thing is like, sometimes when I go into these, these, these types of situations or whatever, like I don't even, <laughs> I don't even tell people a lot of times I have, a legal background, you know, because um, I kind of just want to see that way they can treat you the way that they perceive the way you. that they perceive. Oh, that way you can get the true story, right? He's just out a, of them. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. just an artist. Uh, he'll do anything for for a bag. Like, nah. Like I said, man, I <laughs> I would do this same thing, you know, if I was in Nicaragua or wherever. I said, you know, so you can't. If you have that foundation, you truly know who you are. It doesn't matter what is dangled in front of you. Like, oh, you know, like, okay. I was at this meeting one time and the guy was like, oh, man, you got this. It was the first time I ever had a a label deal offer. And it was like probably 80 pages. Mind you, I haven't even looked at the contract at all. I'm done with law school at this time. I know exactly, you know what I mean? For the most part, I'm not going to say everything in the contract, but I know what's what. And so one of the CEOs of the label was there and he was like, man, like, aren't you excited? You know, like I'm supposed to be jumping on the table or something. I'm like, man. I'm oh yeah. Like, to make pennies on the dollar that you want to make right? off like, of me. I'm like, yeah, sure. I haven't, I haven't even looked in my mind. I'm like, I haven't even looked at the contract yet. You know what I mean? But I'm supposed to be like, you know, that's just more important to them though. Right. Is right. your emotional feeling that way they can use that to control you instead of this. Yeah. Please don't read this all the way through. Right, right. If you do, if you come through it with a fine tooth comb, you're not going to really like what's inside of it. Right. So I'd rather lean into how excited you are about this opportunity. Exactly. That we have to present before you. When you talked about the discrepancy in income, the income disparity. Mm-hmm. Uh, disparity. So disparity go. was the one. <laughs> well, jot it down, listenership. All right, so... <laughs> Disparity. Discrepancy, discrepancy works. works. It works. Yeah. Disparity is a little. It's that more was, specific. Bro, that was such a Brian Maney move. <laughs> no, it wasn't. He, he, well, he no. His words would be so like 
I remember one time he said, man, I walked into this event, man. I, these girls like rambushed me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Ransacked and ambushed you? Rambushed. This guy, this guy was in the on. car. He was like, man, bro, like, I'm not just saying I'm the smartest guy in the world, but I'm pretty sure rambushed isn't a word. <laughs> he was like, well, you know what I mean? It sounds good. Damn, he got me there. It does sound good. <laughs> rambushed? That sounds tough. Yeah. That sounds like quite the ordeal to have to go through is get rambushed, ransacked, <laughs> and, and ambushed. That's tough, bro. But back to that. How unsustainable a situation is it, especially for the indie artisans such as yourself, where it's like, bro, you will always be fine because you know that you are your wealth. You are your riches. And mm -hmm. so you can create this at any moment. You get up, you can get right back to it. Right. right. There's nothing that they can take from you. Right. Because means, having that means of production. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Having that means of production and resourcefulness. And plus, okay. you're inspired by something that is beyond the confines of an industry that's pretty counterfeit. Right. Yeah. It's good. like a giant Trojan horse of a thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have no dollars or your last thing was at a cafe so-and-so mm -hmm. making 19 bucks an hour. Yeah. Anything that they offer you, see, you're not going to do the math right. on how much money the CEO gets yeah, yeah. versus the 3375 bucks they offered you for this whatever the thing right. was. Right, right. A lot of people are chomping at the bit. What are the ways that someone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think just like you said before, <laughs> just being diligent staying at a you know level pace like okay they got this contract in front of me what is it really saying what is what are the implications of it get a lawyer either way you mm -hmm. know what I mean mm -hmm. like I still even though I have a, a law background and graduated from law school and know what's going on like I still have lawyers and stuff not just my brother you know what I mean right and so fresh eyes yeah you know older guys that have done it for years and years and know little things to look for um and so i think uh yeah just that's one main thing too like like you said being able to to understand like okay i can still operate sometimes they'll try to make you think like you need them you know what i mean that and it's like Expound. Uh, you know, I'm actually already doing this. You know what I mean? I've been doing this. I could do been, this in my sleep, yo. Yeah. And so it's all like, I need is my people, but they want to get in between, in between you and the people, and you forget that you could see them as clear as day before they got in the way. Right. And so that's when you, you know what I mean? As like, long as I got the people, I can eat. Relationships, you know? That's it. And okay. so building relationships and to where it's like, okay, now you have some leverage. Like, I. In terms of being independent, it's like, do you want the pie to be bigger and get a smaller portion of it or, you know, have the the whole thing? The whole fucking pie. Yeah. And so I was right, listeners. I was fortunate. Enough, IG live the whole pie. Right. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to to just I kept building with this producer back home, uh -huh. you know, and this is pre before he got any of the Grammys that he's two now shout out to Corbett shout out to Corbett and uh you know there were things that we didn't know we just had to and then when Pharrell Pharrell featured my song on Apple it was like okay different people thought like I had some type of situation going on it was really just God's grace and like being working hard enough and then just like 
Uh, undeniable is what you're talking about. They can't say no. Yeah. Because the people say yes. Right. I'm talking right to them. Get the fuck out of our conversation industry. I'm talking to my people. Yeah. And so from there, it was just like, you just be smart, man. And like you Mm -hmm. utilize that. It's like, okay, I'm going to put out this next song and then I'll use the fact that, okay, even though you shouldn't have to do this because it shouldn't matter. But it does for whatever reason. It's like, okay, this is the same song, whether Pharrell co-signed it or not. Uh You know what I mean? But then it's like, okay, once he did that, then it's like, oh, now we want to listen. You know what I mean? Once it's validated by something bigger than your town or whatever it was. And then so from there, different sinks started rolling in. And so, so, you know, my, my, uh, you know, Janisha we were having a conversation shout out to janisha <laughs> janisha watts miss janisha watts we love you and keep doing the thunderous work that you're doing we love you absolutely it's been a while since occupy wall street you, you know, and i but and that was like you gotta have people in your corner man that really see before the world even does yes they see what your value is and they see like and she was people might say like had that amount of i don't think it's delusion but but some people may say like mm-hmm. almost like a child like oh yeah we can do this why not she had this quote man people build space shuttles and fly to space and she's like how can you tell me i can't be a writer and you can't be a lawyer and a singer you know what i mean and it was just so simple but i'm like dang that's like actually true you know and we were in the same journalism uh program mm-hmm. and so she went hey, to, UK. yeah she went to uh to New York after I remember my sister she calls her the Beyonce of journalism <laughs> and my sister's you know one of the top at what she does in the country and like one of the very few um, women of color who does what she does and so she interviewed Janisha but didn't mm-hmm. hire her and she was like why did you why did your sister pass up on me da, 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 da. and she saw something in her like nah she needed to leave Kentucky she needed I knew she needed to go somewhere bigger you know and then fast forward through all of her tribulations and all of these different things. Now she's senior editor at the Atlantic, you know? And so she would hit up people. Like I remember we were talking to uh, J Cole and his boy kind of had like a similar relationship. Mm-hmm. He worked for complex. And when J Cole first broke, he, he wrote his first big article about him. And so, um, now he made J. Cole made him his CEO of Dreamville. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. And so him and Janisha are close, right? And so Janisha was like, sent him, you know, some stuff I was working on. And he was like, dang, like, how did all this happen without a label? <laughs> she was like, man, Easy, you, know, you just fucking do it. Yeah, she was like, you know, we're country, man. Just you got any advice? Woo woo. He was like, well, how did how did these sinks happen? Like, and there's certain things that I there's no way I could have planned out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just like God's hand on certain things. You know, I'd worked and made sure like I did what I could do. But then it was like, you know, and also staying, having humility, mm-hmm. not entering into rooms, like feeling like people, this person owes me this or this person owes me that, you know, find a way to really like truly serve somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Service. Yeah. How can I, this person already has what I don't have, what I or a position I would like to be in. Like, you know what I mean? Like without even wanting anything in return, like mm-hmm. how can I help them? You know, you know, it's interesting that you make that point. Right. Cause like, like fundamentally yeah, on a fundamental level, 
there is something in you that someone else has been waiting for and no one knows until the moment arises, yeah, right? That's good. To where two people, two human beings have to rise to the occasion for each other and be right. there for each other. Sometimes it's on assignment that you didn't know that was assigned to you. Yeah, that's a good. So that's people kind of, when you kind of put your life out there and your energy out there in a certain way, out uh-huh. there into the universe, and like the most high hears you, uh, because you're not on the fence about your existence or about what you want out of this thing. Yeah. You're clear about your desires. You speak about it, think about it, dream about it and move about it with clarity mm-hmm. and with precision as much as can as you can and continue to hone your craft along the way. Yeah. I th- I just feel like that work is respected. Yeah, absolutely. In general and they feel that. So when you enter a room, you are a part of this offering upon which you don't understand. Yeah. So you're still going to get done what you desire to get done because the desires of your heart and your spirit have already been conveyed. Mm-hmm. And these people, you don't know why they're in your life or organize themselves in your life. And sometimes they don't know why they feel compelled to do for you yeah. or with you That's very what they true. do. And it just falls together as it should. Yeah, there's positions, man, that I'm like, Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just putting out a song without even like a huge plan. It's like, okay, somehow Apple finds this and listed as one of the top R and B songs of the year. You know what I mean? And next to these people with crazy budgets and major labels, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's like, don't keep in that, that stay in hungry. And then just, man, really, I think it's always good to just, treat people the way that you would want to be treated. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, bro, I don't like to me, whatever somebody else succeeding, I'm happy about that. Whatever industry it is. If I have a way that I can help somebody, like, why wouldn't I do that? There's people that like guard information and don't want to say like, I'm like, that means you're insecure. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because you feel like this person's going to get up on one up on me. If I, you know what I mean? If I, uh, tell them too much or it's going to affect me in this way. Same way in law school, man. There were kids I would like hide books from each other and do all this lame stuff. And I'm like, that's so corny. Like I would go to people their first year. If I had some notes or something, like why wouldn't you try to help this person? What is it going to, it's not going to stop me from doing what I want to do, you know? And so I think in a roundabout way, those things kind of come back, you know, Uh, and just small things like, there's been situations where you're in in a studio, you know, and like, you know, you're around some like superstar um, producer or some, whoever, you know, and somebody's like, oh, do we got an assistant? Where's an assistant? I had to go grab the food. Like, I was like, all right, I'll get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like a regular person would. Yeah. <laughs> you know what all I right, mean? Take so a few steps. So, uh, it's kind of like one of the differences. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, good. I just had this thought that popped up. It's kind of one of the differences between what you have versus what you are. Right. If you're into what you are and you're aware of what you are, you have everything that you need. But if you're thinking about what you have, if you don't feel like you have that, one's fleeting and one's not. That's what I'm saying. Similarly to how happiness versus joy. Joy Joy. is everlasting. It emanates from within. Happiness is momentary and based on moments and can disappear. Happenstance. Would you please inform the people of the world what the hell we talking about right now? Come on, talk to me. Yeah, so the difference between the two, joy, you know, for me, it comes from a source from the most high, you know, and it's not 
dependent on external circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so you can have joy regardless of what situation you're in. You know, there's always a lesson or something that you can take from any situation. And so happiness, which comes from the same word as happenstance, uh, is a fleeting thing. You get it, you're happy for a little bit. This goes wrong. Now I'm sad or this gets old. No, you know, or this song doesn't chart the way I wanted to or, you know, whatever it is. It's a never ending uh, cycle. So that's the difference between the two. And like you said, being who you are and being solid in that and knowing that and having that foundation is, is priceless, you know, because it doesn't matter necessarily what's going on around you. You're solid at that point. And that's why you don't have to try to do all these extra things or flex or you don't have to try to prove your worth. You know what I mean? You don't have this same insecurity when you know who you are. You know, you can walk into the room. Same thing with like, you know how it was with the best players on the team. Like they don't have to try to be like. It's a whole lot of not trying going on, bro. (laughs) But then like think about the kids that, that didn't really play for real or the kids that. You know what I mean? They had 92 wristbands on each arm. <laughs> Come out. They had 17 visors going across. They stretching, smacking their helmet. Bruh. You know, I remember Mad I'm extra. not going to say his name, but one guy always, <laughs> hop, always hop up and practice like, ooh, I want to go against Neville's. I want Joseph. Oh you will not. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, all right, man, okay. <laughs> Have a seat, young blood. Have a seat, dog. And so, and so, you know, uh, <laughs> I think I know you talk about. Mr. Wiggins. <laughs> Mr. Wiggins. And so, uh, yeah, man. It's funny because there's so many parallels in different aspects of life, man. And It's, it's like, the same shit, yeah, brother. Same. And, Is and it that, not? And you can apply it in so many different areas. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, back to the thing, the question, it's like, okay, you got sinks. If you really, truly understand, a lot of people don't, don't really understand contracts or the industry mm-hmm. in terms of but you gotta have at least i mean there's books there's so much information if you just listen to stuff online you can learn you books know? you mean them things that you just fall asleep on <laughs> right and so it's like you know finding ways to when somebody streams a song there's multiple you know there's multiple ways that you're getting i'm not going to go through all that but the songwriting uh and then there's publishing um and then there's the master and just understanding all these things. And so it's like, okay, if you can get a good grasp on that and then find a way to like, like get some syncs and then have a relationship directly with your fans. That's, that's really all the label is doing, but on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're able to take, you know, 85%, you know? And so there's a guy named the Russell that I think everybody should check out. And he's, he's really, uh, he's from the Bay area from uh, Vallejo, I think. And he's he's just killing it as an independent artist. And he went into a label recently. All the labels are trying to sign him, but he's found a way to like really master what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he just has shows at his own place in Vallejo, and and people are like paying crazy amounts of money. He'll do like a name your price, and then he's like, man, people pay whatever it costs to go to Disney World. He was like, I'm this is more of an experience in Disney World, you know. Man. So he can pick and choose like who he wants to to come based on, you know, and then he just sold out uh one of the main venues here in LA. And so but he's really given out a lot of game. He's even showing like, you know, how much he's making off each show. And then when you start getting into the sync world, I mean, you can get anywhere from 
Explain fifth. sync to those okay, who don't understand. So sync is uh, a sync license is when a TV or a film uses your your music in a, in a show. So Netflix comes and says, hey, we have the scene. We want to uh, use your song, um, whatever, abide in it. So then I look over, you know, everything and see, okay, they want to use it for this amount of time. This is what they want to pay. They make sure there's no, like, samples in it or anything like that. And then they'll say, you know, who wrote it, whatever, and we'll split and we'll divvy it up that way. And then usually if somebody set it up, you know, they'll also get a portion. But those can be anywhere from 15 to 150K just off of using 15 20 seconds of your song so you get one or two of those in a year and you can work on whatever you know what i mean whatever else you're and then in addition to that those tend to be the songs that they turn around and stream the most because people shazam them you know people will go back and listen to those so you're getting payments on all ends from that so and then some of these like when you once you've built up a catalog enough that's just residual that's coming, you know what I mean? Every every month, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man. That's I, your social security. <laughs> so now, listenership, you can get your minds. Now that you understand what a sync is, you can get your minds out of Home Depot and Lowe's. It's so funny, man, because when I'm saying sync, I literally was picturing it S-Y and you know what I mean? I didn't even think about S-I-N-K. Me as well. S-Y-N-C. Well, now I'm glad you picked that up. I'm glad you cleared that up. Somebody's out here thinking like... Sort of my duty. (laughs) It's kind of my duty. All right, so with the syncs, you're getting... You know who I thought about when you mentioned that? Mac DeMarco. You've heard of him. You have not heard of him. Okay. Wonderful artist. Shout out to Mac. Uh, so Mac DeMarco's an independent artist as well. Okay. And he has his own, whatchamacallit, he has his own uh, label. It's just him dropping music when he wants. Yeah. He just dropped something the other day. My younger brother Chuck and I, shout out to Chuck, Chuck Walkie. We are huge fans and supporters of Mac DeMarco and indie artists such as yourself as well, right? So Big Chuck. Mac just dropped a hunt. <laughs> This is the funniest thing I've ever seen happen in music. Uh-huh. He just dropped. I thought it was going to be like a 10 pack, a five pack. He usually drops little, you know, EPs and whatnot, yeah. right? Before his albums. Now, man, he dropped 199 tracks. Oh, wow. He's one of those practical Joker types. I got you. <laughs> so that's kind of like you kind of follow his journey and that sort of thing, right? Because I'm telling you, he. Just dropped 199 tracks, bro. I'm mm. telling you, it is hilarious. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But you can do what you want. Yeah. The freedom and then also the freedom of not having to wait. Like, and I'm not like, a, I'm not like an anti-label person. I think there's a, when it makes sense, there's a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I think sometimes people do things prematurely. Mm-hmm. And I think you should be in a position of, uh, okay, let's, I've built up enough to where we can enter into this like a partnership now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not necessarily like I, you know, this, I need this so bad to where you'll twist and do anything just to have it. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. situation, situational, you know what I mean? There's times when it's worked out for people. There's times when it hasn't just like anything. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of my... Someone like Mac, dude, like, for instance, 
he can do something like that one because he is his own entity plus circling back to the the undeniable part if you just hear him make music you can tell he can just make a song right then and there at any moment so if you can do that right and you have this workflow he's gotten this you talked about la russell getting his workflow down pat and his production flow Uh to where he can create something inspiration on demand so he can just create a whole album or an EP wherever. So he traveled the country by himself. Yeah, that's dope. He went from here because he's based in L.A. with us. But he went all the way up to the Bay. From there, he went all the way across up into Canada in mm. the, like a van, like a Sprinter and a minimalist production kit and his guitar. And then he went to Edmonton, Calgary, Alberta. Then he went nice. to New York. He just drove around. And so in every city, he would just create a new pack. And a new yeah, piece. And then he good. dropped that EP based on all of the places he had went. That's cool, too, because there's a story with it now. You there's a I mean? story and now. Everybody, and think about all the people that are connected through that story. We're along for the ride yeah. because we've been along the entire journey. Old Dog, New Tricks, uh, yeah. Here Comes the Cowboy album, all of that, including his EPs. Yeah. Plus, he loves to do Here's the Part when it comes to monetization that you were kind of getting to. He loves performing. Like, he loves the people. Yeah. So he gave himself the time to build the leverage that you would need yeah. to not need some shit like a 360 deal or whatever this major label will be offering. He would be last on the damn priority list, but he's the first on his own yeah. list of priorities. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's good because one key thing that stood out to me is he really, people can tell, man, when you really care Mm-hmm. When you're doing something with, I don't care what it is, if you're cleaning a bathroom or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If you do that with, you know, your heart and you truly mean it, you know, I think that resonates and people can, people, I remember, and this just popped in my head, there was this guy, man, and this was like during the pandemic mm-hmm. and um, he came up at a gas station over near Culver City and he like wanted to like do the windows or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I only got my card on me. Like, it's cool. Like, I didn't have cash on me. And so, but he was like, no, 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 look, I got it. Like, man, he did it with so much precision. And he was like the most, it was just like, honestly, man, it was like he just had joy doing what he was doing, you know, to where (laughs) I just was like, wow, man, if people could do what he does with that same amount of, you know, joy and tenacity and like taking what they do serious what all he did was just clean the window mm-hmm. and, and was so grateful and like the way he went about doing it just imagine you know what i mean imagine like if we treated everything we did that way interesting point that you just made so let's expound on that what's weird about today is there's no we've been conditioned to think that all forms of pride is bad mm. i could not disagree more. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Because there used to be a certain kind of pride that went into something called craftsmanship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A kind of pride that went into the things that you cared about. If you just put your you into the things that you do, yeah. you could benefit greatly from the things that you do and put out there yeah. in the world. But if you don't care, it's weird how it circles back around to self-respect. Yeah. If you respect yourself enough. Yeah. You will respect the work enough to put enough work into the work no. for it to be a respectable piece that you yeah. would give the world. Yeah. No, Don't you cool. deserve what they deserve? And you said microwave, you know, that's the thing. Everything's so fast and people are so thinking about the next thing. So nothing's not being, complete if yeah, nothing gets cooked. And that's not being present with what you're doing. Yeah. You know, thinking about craft. I just thought about the, you know, the, the vintage car, the dudes that... What was his name? Uh, uh, so we had 
Assad. Assad. And we have Andy. Shout Andy, out to yeah. Assad and Andy at Upland Motors. Yeah, Upland uh, Upland Benz. Yeah. Upland Benz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, shout out to them, so, man. So dope, gotcha. man. He was a true. Shout out to Fernand as well for that. Uh, the plug. Yeah, he was a true. Like I, I just knew he cared about his craft, man. From the, from the way I even asked a question to where you know I said, "Hey, do you think you know if I show this to you?" Da 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 da. Just straight up, yes. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. it, would this be an issue? He didn't just give me like a quick answer to try to. He says, "Man, this is what it is. There's this filter. There's this filter. There's this filter. This is what each one does. I worked on these when they were brand new <laughs> in 1967." And I was like, man, like I could tell he really, really cared, you know, and he's I consider him an expert. And mm-hmm. just from that one interaction, he's sold me for life. How refreshing is that, dude? It's like one, this will be left field. But I think that the people on IG Live and the listeners around the world can relate to this, even if they haven't heard this particular quote. Some of them, I think that this will resonate. The quote goes like this. Once you come to understand the way. You see it in all things. Mm. And then that, I just say that to say, that's how you see how so many of these things that we think are in separate compartments, different industries, this and that. You see the same narrative through line go through all of it. Yeah, Like they're all separate spokes of the wheel, but guess what these spokes do on a wheel? They converge. Yeah. So whether it's football, which we grew up playing together. Mm -hmm. Martial arts. Yeah. Martial arts. Fighting. Right. Uh, Sales. Sales. Uh, you name it, music industry, there's through lines that go through all of these things, you know. Fundamentals of life, right? Right. And there's qualities that will benefit you. No matter what you decide no to do. No matter what you're if doing. If you are involved, like if you are there. And that's what I'm grateful for, back to the family thing, the way mm-hmm. that we were raised, were with these fundamental values. You know what I'm saying? We couldn't have those lapses in like presence. Yeah. We couldn't afford that. We'd get in trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so just having, you know, the type of dad you have and mine and I have. Shout out to, oh man, shout out to the Neville's family. Shout out to mom and papa Neville's. Yes. Shout, shout out to mom and pa. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the Wallers as well. And it's like, you know, people were asked, well, how, how can you do law and then and do, it's like, man, like this is so. You just do it. Yeah. And, and, and it's nothing compared to, compared to what my, <laughs> What my parents had, what my dad specifically had mm-hmm. to do, like that's pressure to me. I like, feel like I've never done enough bro. compared to the stories I've heard of what my parents and their their parents. I talked to Momo right now. Yeah. I talked to her yesterday on the phone, dude. She's like 87 years old. Right. And we talk and I just love to listen yeah. because you got to treat them sharp. so sharp because <laughs> you got to treat ancestors like that. Like they are the black box on a plane. Yeah. The black box on a plane has the composite history of all of the comings and goings of that yeah, plane's lifespan. Oh, yeah. If they should happen to go down to break down or whatever, they go right to the black box. If they still have that situation going on, it explains what went down. So mm-hmm. they have context. And it reminds that it reminds the plan and it reminds you of who you are. Yes. You know what I mean? In yes. Case you, in Where case you come from, reason, yeah. what you're connected to, what you're connected to and you know having that, that foundation, man, that's why it's so hard to just like, have you ever seen a tree that's, like a storm has hit or something like mm-hmm. how many roots are like connected, you know, thick roots deep down into that ground that it's like, and the roots are nothing but meaningful ass connections mm-hmm. to something that means something, means something, but that's it. Everything's so fleeting now. It's like, why do you want to, I'm such a 
like quality over quantity type person. I'm like, I don't need all of these pointless connections. So you're not watering the roots. Okay. Right. What else aren't you doing right. that roots need to grow? Oh, you're not giving it time because it takes some time for time. roots to grow and build that network so that the tree can be immovable and unstoppable. And, you know, and, and, and back to what we were saying, it's like, and I highly respect your family and pops is in the same way. And it's like our dad's mind specifically worked at a factory after going to, you know, seminary and coming from like the one room school and all that for like 40 something years. And he's still pastor to this day. Sometimes he would go work at eight at night, sleep. Uh, no, he'd go to work at eight at night, come back at eight in the morning. And then he'd lay down for like a couple hours and go like preach his heart out. And I'm like, I saw that consistently, never mm. complain. He was like so meticulous about being on time. <laughs> That's something I need to get better at. I would have gotten fussed at every day of my life, bro. Yeah. <laughs> By Mr. Neville's. Yeah, no, no, no. Not us. Himself. Oh, oh, himself. Yeah, in terms okay, of okay, like okay. he's like, Oh, it's gone. It's six fifty. I gotta get I gotta get ready for work. It's like he worked right up the street on Industrial Road. Oh, word. And but he was so meticulous about making sure he I never saw him late for work. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? It was like almost absurd. But like, what time you have to be there? Eight o'clock, eight p.m. <laughs> so it would be I, earlier. Industrial in Road is several minutes from his house. <laughs> exactly. It's around the corner. Exactly. But I saw that work. <laughs> I saw that work ethic and that like taking what you do, you know, with that level pride. of pride. Oh, yeah, of pride, and and it was connected to a, a purpose bigger than himself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was connected to. I got these six kids that I have to make sure they get you know we all had whatever you know <laughs> whatever clothes we wanted and school and sports didn't want for nothing, yeah, yeah for sure. and, and going to then it was colleges and helping pay for law and school football he was there for that you know what i mean and so it's like this person i could never pay them back for what they've done but i appreciate and can honor them in a way it's like man like and when somebody is like how can you do this and this and this dude this is so easy compared this to shit that. is easy <laughs> like i get to do things that i want to do mm -hmm. i get to like pick and choose like because oh, he did shit that he had, had to, do. to do exactly man come so on like, ig live man <laughs> come on so listen like, to man, shit all six of us Thank God, you know, ended up fine. And, you know, sisters, like I said, my brother, all of us do our own thing in different fields. But it's all, I would say, at a high level. And mm. a lot of that had to do with what we were able to witness, you know what I mean, growing up. And so it's just interesting, man, because... It's really, like you said, it's easy compared to that. It's not a pressure situation. Like if something goes wrong, it's like, okay, well, let me just readjust. I'm not going to have, my kids are not going to be starving. I'm not going to have these six kids that need school clothes. And you know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, it is what it is. Imagine this. I mean, you don't have to imagine that. You've seen it. This man, he combined both. Right. He had a passion yeah. that encompassed the lion's share of his life. I never thought about it. And yeah. simultaneously, he had to do something he had to do yeah, that's good. as a man. That's really To good. show y'all what a man should be willing to do. Not that he has to do exactly what I did. Because yeah. a matter of fact, I'm doing all of this shit yeah. so that they can see that this ain't no shit that they want to be doing. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But also... I'm also doing my passion. Willing I'm not yeah. throwing that away mm -hmm. in exchange for something I got to do. Fuck it. I'm going to do both. I'm going to just go with less sleep then. Yeah. Because I need good. them to see both sides both of that. Both sides, yeah. And the, and the thing you know? is, to this day, he still, you know, he still preaches. Um, he still takes that 
obviously very serious. Uh, and looks the exact same. Yeah, he, yeah. The last time I saw him. Yeah, he looks, stays healthy. Yeah. You know, because he works. Never, never smoked and drank stuff like that. He kept his life simple. Himself. Yeah, kept it simple. I don't even know fully what he really, really like likes you know what i mean because everything yo wow everything was me neither about your dad i don't know him i I know know him yeah but i don't know but i don't know (laughs) i got him to smile it took me my whole life to do that yeah you know shout out to my cousin on here shout out to cuz which one we got shout out to sean um and appreciate you and so we were talking oh, the about passion. the Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so uh the interesting thing is that's so connected to like something bigger than himself because you know him, he's he's pretty like quiet and introverted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He he's not gonna try to draw attention to himself. So the last thing you would think he would wanna do is like be on a pulpit on a stage like and talk speaking. to people. <laughs> he's the quietest dude. <laughs> but he's super, super wise and just like handwrites mm-hmm. everything old school, like but the, honestly, like, I'm not just like the best man that I know, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so in a sense of like, I can tell him something and the older I get, our relationship is shifting to a point to where it's okay. Like I get it now. You know what I mean? Like the more and more that I grow as a man, right? I understand yeah. that I you, get and, it. And you realize we just cal- be apologizing to each other now. Yeah. You my bad. The, yeah. My bad too. You realize the caliber too, that there's not like. A ton of people that are actually... It's rare. Yeah. And what they were up against. Yeah. So when you're like, hold on, I know one. Yeah. A real true. one. And yeah, and we got... We were fortunate enough to... To be raised by yeah. him, too. Yeah, that's good. I feel like I got a cheat code now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you? Yeah, man. It's and like, it's come just, on. And it's like simple things like not gossiping about people. You know what I mean? That, that we just wis- witnessed. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this person calls the house and like... Or just treating people the same, but, you know, whether it's a homeless person or whoever it is, you know. The confidence that they instill in you, the gusto. So like many different things. They gas you up about yourself. It's like, nah, man, like this name means something. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, good. And that's the same. <laughs> like, I remember one somebody called another one a punk or something. Uh-huh. And my dad did not want us to say that. He's like, ain't no punks in this. <laughs> well, yeah, we couldn't no say punks. certain yeah. things. We couldn't even think certain things. Like, I said good luck one time. Uh-huh. Bruh, I shouldn't have. That's funny, man. I used the word luck before. Yeah. Man. Every time I couldn't get away with shit. Bro, if we said, oh, you're lucky, my dad was like, nope, you're blessed. He didn't <laughs> believe in luck. He still don't. Yeah, right. I've never, ever, I, I hadn't used luck since. I've never used luck again. Yeah. I was maybe like eight years old. Then I was like, good luck. He's like, I don't believe in no luck. Right. Luck ain't what got, what got you. Luck ain't what got you here. Luck ain't what, you know what I'm saying? through. Even more so than what we lived through, being like, you know, only black kids in our yeah. class. And there's so a whole so story like, behind what y'all don't see that y'all perceive to be luck because you use a word to fill in the blanks yeah. in your logic. Right. Same it's thing is like like a miracle, right? Yeah. It's a similar concept. They use words like master words to describe what they can't explain. Mm, yeah. That's what luck has always been mm-hmm. to me. Oh man, sometimes you just need just need a little bit of luck. I'm like, <laughs> what you need is a little bit of eyesight. You just can't see what the fuck happened. You can hear what the fuck happened, so you don't know what the hell happened. You can't package this and bottle it and sell it to nobody. Right. And and with that, with all of that being said, it's like, it's not just a coincidence, certain things, you know, it's not a coincidence 
you know, to be able to walk into a room full of whoever doesn't matter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When you truly know, you truly know who you are and you truly know your foundation, what you've come from and like, what can this, you know, it's like, how can this hurt me? Like, what do I have to worry about? You know, what is there to worry about? Yeah, it's like, OK, you've got everything that you need why, and it's right in here. Yeah. Why be anxious? Okay, what they're cool. saying is why me? Yeah. Instead of why not me? Yeah. It's yeah. just simple tweaks. Simple. Simple adjustments. And they aren't so simple, right? Because it's complexity and simplicity, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be. Simplicity should be simple. It is. It's right. fundamental. The hardest shit to grasp. Yeah. So you don't bring them with you. You yeah, gotta have the fundamentals, man. For anything, what even, else is even, there? Even to improvise, you mm-hmm. have to know the the fundamentals to a to a, an extent. Like you do. How fundamental is that? Right. If you don't use your senses, right. Yeah. It's the most interesting thing, and I think that that's really what is severely lacking mm-hmm. in every figment. Every I'm talking about every part of uh, our civilization right now is like the fundamentals. Oh yeah. And I'm talking about people are at wit's end in every possible way. You know, and and back to to add to that, it's like, I think a a true professional in anything you do, they've mastered the fundamentals. You know, they've mastered the fundamentals to an extent of you can tap into it at any time. Yes, without thinking about it. Right. So check this out. All right. The difference between, even by definition understanding like the etymology of words and like the, the meaning and like we talked about the, like etymology is one of my favorite words yeah i talked about happiness versus joy before but the difference between uh, professional and amateur amateur literally like it translates to for the love of mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. basically when you feel motivated to or when you feel like feel like doing it you know mm-hmm. a professional can perform on demand at any time right regardless of their feeling they have those fundamentals they have that toolbox of of uh whatever it is to be able to uh to tap in <laughs> right then and there right and so that's the difference between professional versus amateur and mm. it literally even within the meaning of the word it's two different things aren't they both essential so, for instance, my Sifu, uh-huh. which is a Kung Fu master for those who are uninitiated, Sifu always told me, he's like, once you get your black sash, uh-huh. that's when you start to learn Kung Fu. Okay. So, really, to learn is to unlearn and then learn how to learn so that learning is fundamental. And that's the thing you don't have to think about. Right. So when you learn how to learn, so that's like a large part of the journey for years in Kung Fu was learning how to learn. Mm -hmm. Once I teach you how to do that, you can just start adding the other martial arts. Right, right. Like, you know how to learn martial arts. You know how to learn Kung Fu, the hardest shit ever to do. Right. So everything else falls into place pretty handily. You want to work kicks? Well, you've been trying to learn martial arts. Yeah, that makes sense. You have to defeat yourself every day. (laughs) Right. And that's a a huge thing, actually. Mm -hmm. And defeating... I don't know. There's two things I want to talk. Remind, don't let me forget about that. I won't. But what's um, the thing that you don't want me to let you forget? The, the defeating yourself. Defeating yourself. Done. Yeah. And so, uh, with amateur versus professional, mm-hmm. I would say, if you're a professional at kung fu, right, whether or not you feel like it or not, if you can do it, whether regardless of if you have a headache, regardless of if you had a bad day. The amateur doesn't matter. You're a professional, so you can, boom. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, do it anyway. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of 
defeating and denying yourself and then building back up. Like, I think that there's an era of just like, I don't know, just overly a lack of humility. Um, I'm so overly important that, you know, I can't deny myself in any way. Mm. So then if you're in that position, think about how you're going to feel when somebody else denies you. Man, <laughs> you're gonna have a meltdown. That's you all that's I mean? happening is a cascade of meltdowns yeah, left and like, right. Oh, this yo. person did this or this person. It's like okay, but if I if I have denied myself, even you know what I mean. That's discipline. Discipline. Right? That's if a denial I, of a lot of things. Sacrifice of a lot. If I've sacrificed and denied myself, uh-huh. then why does it matter if this person denies me? This doesn't hurt me when this person. Right. It's like, person, bro, I punish myself. Yeah. And so it's like getting the discipline so sharp to yeah. where it's like, you know, it goes back to the the um, saying, if you live for people's acceptance, then you'll die from their rejection. Why Ooh, do I? That's a bar. Why do I care if, if this person rejects me? Yes, we want to be connected and so on and so forth. But it's like, that is not what makes you who you are. You know what I mean? That's not what you depend on or thrive on. If you do, then you're going to be disappointed. Well, I think that when people don't know who they are and or don't have have an identity, what they do have stitched together with loose ass threads. Right. Is uh, frayed threads, by the way. It's flimsy. It's fragile. It's fake. It's not real. It could be a house of cards. Right. You remove one of those. Their whole concept of themselves that they were able to stitch together loosely right. falls, to pieces. falls to pieces. So any little thing can blow that shit over back to the roots. Yep. They didn't. This microwave generation didn't water that shit long enough. Didn't give it time enough for the root system to develop and grow. Right, right. So when anything comes about, any moment comes about. That could be a storm, right? Yeah. Blowing all of that shit over because there's nothing there to begin with. It never was. So check this out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Talk your shit. When it comes to the foundation, you know, and there's a, a biblical concept that talks about building your house on a solid foundation, you know, which is connected to the most high uh, versus anything else you try to build it on is is sand. Right. Mm. And so when, not if, when the storm comes, because it's going to be a storm, depending on what you've built your foundation on, it's going to impact how sustainable you are, you know, and think about this. It hit different when you build different, right? Right. And a storm is not even necessarily always a bad thing. Think about like the people who wrote these things were aware in the Middle East, right? Uh So a storm was a good thing. It was needed. You know, you see when you got here, how green everything is now that it's rained in LA more than normal and how beautiful that is. Right. Sometimes it's necessary, you know, it's always necessary. Yeah. And so it's like, how else do you measure anything? Exactly. And so shout out to Charles zoo. Shout out to Chuck zoo. We got him on the, on the, uh, IG live. Charles said, what's up? What up zoo? Brother um, zoo. Yeah. I'm like, he's a beast to be able to do this by solo like that because there was teams out there of people with like this person's just holding this one thing this person's this person's doing he literally like you know what i mean shot it all did the editing and a quick time too you know what i mean so because he's got his workflow down pat so that was really brother chuck zoo brother charles zoo is a profess yeah so he's a professional so 
Where did you leave off? Um, the storms. So, so yeah, storms are not necessarily a bad thing. Because they're necessary. And these things that were while this was being written, it was in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so obviously water wasn't uh, <laughs> a frequent thing. And so, but at the same time, even supposed like blessings or good things can be so heavy that they can cause damage or cause issues if we're not stable enough. You know what I mean? What gives a picture of its clarity? The contrast. Right, right. Right? The very fundamental differences between one shade and the other, one thing and the other, different light bouncing off of different darknesses to give everything its proper frame. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to extrapolate that, it's proper context, right? Right, right. It's necessary because there are no other checkpoints. Mm. This ain't Jet Moto. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This ain't Cruising USA at the arcades where they got physical checkpoints. Right. These are checkpoints. These are existential checkpoints. Like, how do you know the results of your training unless your training is put to the test? The test. And you know. How? Right. There's Imagine. no way to know. Like, even in a relationship. Mm-hmm. If there's no point of contention, how do you know where the two of you stand? Imagine if I just thought about, you know, imagine if preseason practice, mm-hmm. all of the stuff we would do. Imagine if we just did that and never played any other teams or never had a game, never even scrimmaged. How do you know what you got? <laughs> how do you know what you're made of? How do you know? And how so, do you know how much work that you have yet to do right. due to how this experience exposed what your lack might have been? How do you know what you need? That's good. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's what storms are for. Contrast. That brings potential. You have potential, but you have to increase your capacity to reach storm. that potential by getting through the storm. Right. Mm-hmm. Sunshine don't do that shit for you. Right. Same. Now, the sun's vital and it's important, but it has its own job to do. Think about, yeah, like a goldsmith. They used to test the gold by putting it, passing it through the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know what the fire did? The fire melted off the impurities mm-hmm. of it, you know? So then that's how you could see, you could test, is this pure 24 karat or mm-hmm. 14? You know what I mean? And eventually, once the gold- Or if it's some bullshit. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Um, what's the fake gold called? Fool's gold. Yeah, fool's gold. There's another- If y'all ain't seen that. City Slickers <laughs> with, uh, who was in that? Uh, Billy Crystal. Okay. Tune in. So- it's older shit. But once the goldsmith could look in the gold and see his reflection, then he knew it was ready to go. Mm, it was City Slickers, the legend of Curly's gold. Okay. That was the one more specifically. Yeah. Man, because like, dude started cutting into, like he had like a butter knife in his hand. <laughs> and then he started cutting into the gold. It was malleable, yeah. which meant that it was the real shit. Yeah. Like that fool's gold ain't going to bend. It ain't going to do nothing, right? Because it's got a different kind of point. Right, right. So he started seeing like the uh, incisions in that shit because gold is rather soft. Yeah, exactly. So Pure he's like, gold. oh, okay, this is real shit. Yeah, that's good. That's the thing about those storms, man. Mm-hmm. How else do you know what you don't know mm-hmm. unless you're exposed? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We want to try to not... We want to try to avoid it so bad, like in this generation. You don't want conflict. They don't like, want yeah, conversations. No conflict. No, everything is here. I don't want to talk mean? about it. No, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's so points, easy to just that. block somebody. Easy. It's easy to just like. Like not, it's not there. Not have a real conversation. And it's like. So it makes sense, right? That 
the nature of humanity as we see it and experience it in our daily walks today yeah. is as fragile as it is. It's because they don't go through nothing, right. but they're going through something. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Charles just said boats are safe in the harbor, but that's not what boats are made for. Yo, talk your shit, my guy. <laughs> talk your shit, Charles Zoo. Look, even on the IG, he's come on, dog. Yeah. You next. So yeah, so it's like <laughs> that's good. That's true because it's like, yeah, a boat is safe there, but yeah. What if a boat just staying in the harbor? Where does it fucking go? Yeah. What do you discover about yourself? Hey, that metaphor right there. Yeah, that was Zoo. Nice. That's Zoo right there. Um you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it just stays at the harbor, and if it I, never I just leaves, hate the dock, that. Yeah, like you know the storms. You've seen a perfect storm, right? Right. And I just like you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> I I understand, and I I I I don't know, man. First, I think that there's something about the generation that we're in now that like everything's so comfortable that any dose of being uncomfortable is so like stay away from that like you know what i mean what has convenience see i think the convenience is the worst thing that ever happened to us mm -hmm. it is it just is because we respond to inconvenience humans have always responded to inconvenience in amazing ways yeah and ironically it created the convenience that poisons us every day right, right, right. so i understand like they say that necessity is the mother of all invention yeah so in responding to the fact that we were foragers and we started, and fuck all of this, chasing the food, uh, following it for days, hopefully we get a slice of this or that. We're going to stop, we're going to settle, and we're going to, uh, we found this shit called wheat. Yeah. And that allowed for skyscrapers to happen. Right. I fast forwarded to Llama Mode and SimCity 3000 with that one, but that is ultimately the end result. Yeah. Right? But in that, People started to get obese. People started to get this and get that. Right. So there's a catch-22 right. to ingenuity. And that's the balance that we don't have. Yeah, and we're be, unable. It's got to be that balance, man. And then, like, you know, you even think about, like, the, uh, this just came to my mind, the bus boycott mm -hmm. in Montgomery, Alabama. Like, they didn't just do that. They didn't just walk for, like, a week or two. You know what I mean? Like, you know, back in, when we were like protesting and stuff uh, a couple years back around uh, Breonna Taylor. Oh, yeah. Like back in the like civil rights movement, they didn't they walked and didn't ride the bus like for months and months. They and did months. that shit all the time. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, even throughout like it was used the, to walk in the school, the winter time everything, yeah. you know what I mean? after Rosa Parks. And so it's like so much of that was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But. It was for a greater purpose so we could have comfort that they didn't have, just like we talked about our parents. Look so. what kind of people that they build. Yeah. Like, look what kind of people that adversity builds. But and if you was, don't have none of that. And it was all, and it was always, there was always an unselfishness about it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was always about something bigger than themselves. Right. You know, if I can only put out music that's going to benefit me in some type of way, you know what I mean? That's going to make me money or make me, uh, give me some type of clout or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, what's the point of that? You know, if I can't speak some type of truth to somebody, give somebody something that, uh, you know, I was crazy. Like I was driving, I was back in Kentucky and I just felt like something telling me like, don't park here, go up here. And I, and I parked completely away where I wasn't even close to where I was going. But when I went up there, I parked 
And then I get out and I hear somebody say my name. And I'm like, immediately, I'm like, okay, this must have been the reason I was supposed to. And guess who it was? Where was this in Kentucky? Florence Mall. <laughs> At the Florence Mall. All right. I don't even remember why I was Ah, uh, shit. There. All right, Florence Mall. Ah. Uh, was it? Nah, this is going to be a random name. I'm going to just say Somebody Brett. you're close, close with. I'm close you with. grew up with, kind of. Larry? Exactly. Oh! And he had just gotten back from the service. Shout out to my brother, man. Right, right. He had just gotten back from the service, and he was just like... And thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, absolutely. And he was just like, man, I appreciate, you know stuff that you have put out whatever me and my girl were going through some things and i was in the service that helped me get through some some real stuff Mm. and i was like man you know if i can't if what i'm doing is not connected to something much bigger than myself then what is the point you know what i mean it's all about me and self-indulgent and like trying to get like i said cloud or followers or whatever like you know what I mean? What is that for? <laughs> what right? is it? You know, the so, car gets bigger. The boat gets bigger. It's still a fucking car and it's still a fucking boat. And eventually. What am I leaving behind? Exactly. And eventually none of that will matter. You no. Know, we're going to die. One it's day. the same shit that we are. Right. Nobody. Nobody's <laughs> going to care. Carbon. Nobody's going to care. Exactly. Nobody's going to care 30 years from now. Mm-mm. Uh, what kind of what kind of yacht this person had? Or no. What kind of they're going to remember. What did you do for other people? Like, how did you treat this person? You know what I mean? What kind of did you keep your word? You know, I think that in history, right, they never cared so much about the materials left behind. But what those materials meant, like how they were aggregated, like what kind of car did Malcolm X drive? Bro, I have no idea. <laughs> exactly. What kind a of car did Martin Luther King have? You know what I have I mean? no idea. And I'm not saying. It's all about the history and the times. Right. Right. It's about the story that was it's told. The story. It's and, the story. And and it was always about something bigger than themselves. Yes. You know what I mean? Those are the artists that I always, like, since I was a kid, gravitated towards and loved seeing, whether it was mm-hmm. Bob Marley or Tupac, whoever, Lauren Hill. You know what I mean? something greater than themselves and they realized that you know because that's what our purpose is even even what we're blessed to be able to do like it's not for us to keep no like this isn't for us yeah we're it's to go through us to other people mm-hmm. you know if not then i mean why try to hold on to it all you know what happens to anything when you hold on to it for too long you can't catch your blessings when your hands are full <laughs> and things go bad yes they start, spoil you know, if you hold on to unforgiveness for too long mm-hmm. you know what i mean you start getting sick you start getting different other things you Mm. know so it's all meant to come to us and and go through us man that's beautiful brother yeah what was the name of that song that pharrell had featured i'm sure inquiring minds would love to know oh that was breathe and that was was when i was putting out music under just joseph jsph mm-hmm. so the newest newer stuff is under my actual name joseph nevels mm-hmm. and so is that um, spelled exactly as it is or is, or is yeah. that an extra s just a, the s is a dollar sign i'm just kidding come <laughs> on we doing this now <laughs> money uh, man it's uh yeah j-o-s-e-p-h-n-e-v-e-l-s okay and that's this is the more like vulnerable stuff just like me telling stories you know like we're doing now but it's it's you know just truly who i am and you've heard a lot of the stuff so it's just like the way that i would say it you know what i mean and i things just happen (laughs) in everyday life that when i'm telling stories people are like dang like that really happened you know what i mean and so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's just me sharing, sharing some of these things and sharing different experiences. Yo, we had about 94,000 additional things to uh, add to this podcast, but that'll be in the next episode that we do in the interest of time. Yes, sir. What what would you like for the beautiful people around the world to hear on um, our way out? What speaks to you? And we talked about abide. We talked about like mm-hmm. the importance of knowing where you came from and family mm-hmm. and how much our family means to us. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what my project Abide is, uh, a lot of what it's talking about. So, yeah, that, that would make the most The sense. most sense for this one. Yeah, it's just A-B-I-D-E. Oh, here we go, right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody around the world, we love y'all so much. And IG Live. Appreciate you guys. We appreciate y'all so much. This will not be the last time. He lives right around the corner from me. We can do this shit anytime. <laughs> so we can do this shit and not sleep if you ain't if you haven't noticed. So I am Rage Advice on Instagram and all that other shit. R A G E Advice if you know how to fucking spell A D V I C E <laughs> if you don't. So we love y'all dearly. Y'all enjoy y'all's beautiful Saturday with your loved ones. Uh most importantly, and everything else that emanate from there, have that same kind of love for others that you do for yourself and vice versa. Absolutely. Treat yourself well, please, and definitely your neighbor. Next right? and next Friday, look out for water. That's my second uh, second single off of a bye. Oh, I can't wait. I've heard this, haven't I? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yo, you are in for a treat. I can't wait for water to drop. You see what I did there? Oh, what? Come on, man. We out of here, bro. We do this. Love you. Audio dope. Walking through shadows with death on each side. These demons around me don't want me alive. Still, I choose to keep moving. Cause deep down, I know I've walked through these shadows, but I don't. All these battles, still we gotta survive the same battle. Fighting for the wrong side, we don't wrestle. What you see with your eyes, it's all settled. And we'll always survive. I come from a place of separation. My parents really lived through segregation There was a lot of schools around, but they had one And it was all eight grades in one classroom They asked my brothers where they got their complexion My grandma Effie was the daughter of a slave son Niggas hanging where I'm from, yeah we had some Gentrification where I'm from, yeah we had some Know what's going on, don't you act up My people sleeping on the street right next to mansions Don't think we soft cause our daddy is a pastor Cause if there's a situation we gon' handle All these battles we gotta survive the same battle Fighting for the wrong side We don't wrestle What you see with your eyes It's all settled And we'll always survive Through my fear